Psalm 119, if you look there with me at verse 153, we'll start in verse 153 this morning. The scripture here says, Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. And David here is asking the Lord to think about him, to fix his mind on David and his affliction. And David was no stranger to affliction. And you could take time for yourself to read through the times that God, that David is just asking God to think on him, to, to not forget him. And here in this text, he does that. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Then in verse 154, he says, Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. And in Sunday school with the teenagers, we looked at it this morning, that as you study the phrase, plead my cause, there are a couple of different times that David says that to God. And every time he's, it's within the, it's within the context of, or it's connected to him asking God for deliverance. There are wicked men that are after him. At one point, Saul is after him. And uh, it's the chance where he has the opportunity to kill Saul in a cave when uh, Saul doesn't realize that David and his men are in that cave. And David comes out of that cave having spared Saul's life. And he yells at Saul. He cries out to him as Saul departs out of the cave. And he says, "Um, the Lord plead my cause with you. And, And David just trusted that God was going to deliver him. And God would plead his cause with wicked men that came against him. And then verse 155 says, Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. You know, there's a reason from this verse that salvation is far from the wicked. And it's that they're not seeking God's word. They're not looking for God's salvation. They're not looking in his word. So you know what that tells me? The scripture says that ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You know, there was a day in my life when I was far off from salvation, that I was a wicked sinner. There was a day in your life that that you were a sinner before God and salvation was far off from you. But then you heard the gospel and you responded to the scriptures. And you know what? For the wicked that are far from salvation, if they will come to trust the scriptures and what they declare about Jesus Christ, that he is God that he died for them on the cross to wash away and to pay for that sin, that he was buried and rose again the third day, that if they will come to trust the scriptures and what God has said about him, salvation they'll find is very near and available to them, the wicked just as much as the righteous. Then the scripture says, and this is going to be our text for this morning, verse 156, Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to to thy judgments. Let's pray together and we'll look at this. Lord, thank you so much for the scriptures this morning. Thank you for your word that we can know that it's eternal, that it's true. And uh, Lord, it it does not matter what I have to say this morning, but I thank you that we get the opportunity to look and examine what you have said. Lord, I pray that you'd please open our our understanding. Uh, Lord, please help me to be clear. Um, I pray for help to declare your truths. We ask this in your name. Amen. In our text this morning, we find one of the great, we are reminded of one of the greatest attributes of God. Here the psalmist pleads the largeness of God's mercy and the immensity of his tender love. James 5.11 says this, Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. The scriptures declare that God is holy, that he's almighty, that he's just, that he's righteous. But they also declare that he's a God full of compassion and willing to have mercy towards sinners like you and me. 
47 times in the Psalms alone, David asks for God's mercies. And 79 times he praises God in the Psalms for his mercies. But this morning, let's uh, search the scriptures and find what, see what we find connected to the, uh, his tender mercy. And uh, from this verse, he says, great are thy tender mercies. We're going to find this morning that God's tender mercies, they are great. Not only in, in magnitude, uh, but um, in the amount and in the number that we find. So let's look at this together. Look at Psalm 25 and verse 6. Where it's amazing how many of these we find how many references to God's tender mercies we find in the book of Psalms. So we'll see here in Psalm 25. Psalm 25 and verse, uh, we'll start in verse 4. He says, Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. So the first thing we see in this verse is that God's tender mercies are connected with his loving kindness. There are oftentimes um, words that you find connected in the scriptures. An example would be mercy and truth. The Bible says mercy and truth have kissed each other. Mercy and truth. You will find those two words together over and over again in the same passages in the same verses of Scripture. Um, another example would be uh, faith, hope, and love, or hope and faith. Those two words are often found together, and that's true of tender mercies, God's tender mercies, and His loving kindness. L- loving kindness is this. It means to look toward, to notice with pity or concern. You see, God is not an evil, wicked God. He's a God who is, like I said earlier, he's, he's holy, he's almighty, and he's just. Yet he looks on you and me with pity, with, with concern. There is not one person seated here this morning that God is not concerned about what is going on in your life this morning. He's a God full of compassion and full of loving kindness. In this, um, also in this passage, the scripture here says that his tender mercies, if you notice in verse number 6, Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. They have been ever of old. You know, God says, I am the Lord, I am God, and I change not. The scripture says in Hebrews that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have a God that does not change. And you know what's so amazing to me? He says, these mercies, God, they're ever of old. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Look there with me if you would. And we see man's very first sin against God. And we know that Adam and Eve, God had told them not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they disobey that. And Eve takes of the fruit and she eats of it. And she gives to her husband, Adam, and he eats of it as well. And the scripture says in verse number seven, chapter three, Genesis three, seven, and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? 
And the man said, The woman who gave, thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? I want you to think about that question. What have you done? You know what they did? The Bible says, For as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. What have you done? And in that moment, we find out that death, that sin enters the human race and death by sin. So the scripture says, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And we see that sin enters into the human race. And, and at that moment, God could have said, fine, Adam and Eve, if that's your choice, then you will reap the consequences of that and you can die and you can spend eternity in a lake of fire. He could have just said that to him. But our God has been a God of mercy and has shown that of old. And in the very, from the very first sin, before the very first sin, God had a plan. And God shows that mercy. He shows that grace to us from the very first sin. Look at verse number 14. The scripture says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done all this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Just a cool kind of fun study, Bible study thing, idea. It seems as if though Satan, as a serpent before the curse, was walking around or did not travel the way snakes or serpents do today. As a result, he says, up on your belly thou shalt go. Imagine, imagine serpents walking around. <laughs> How many of you don't like snakes? All right, then some of you are glad the curse happened. But no, um, the scripture here says in verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. So we see that God's mercy is of old because that is a prophetic reference to Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. He said, Satan, you'll bruise his heel. And we know that the Lord gave his life for us. But there's coming a day in which Satan, which, in which Jesus Christ will crush Satan's head. Literally, he's going to throw him into a lake of fire where he will spend eternity being tormented day and night forever and ever. Jesus Christ has the victory. And we see this mercy uh, shown to us from the very beginning. And so uh, Lamentations 3.22 says this, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And we sang the song from this verse, Great is thy faithfulness. God is a God of mercy and grace. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And you will not wake up a day in your life and find that God's mercy is not available to you. Doesn't matter how far into sin you go. Doesn't matter how long you run from God. You will not wake up one day in this life and find that God's mercy is not available. We have an amazing God. His mercies are of old. And then the second thing we find, if you look in Psalm, in Psalm 40, we find another reference here to God's tender mercies. These tender mercies, they're great. We find all kinds of amazing things in connection with them. In Psalm 40, and verse number 10, he says here, I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth 
from the great congregation. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. David here identifies for us, and earlier in this passage, there's a prophetic reference to Jesus Christ where he says, I delight to do thy will, O God. So we know Christ is referenced earlier here. But the scripture says, Withhold not thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. We find through the mercy of God, and David found this, he found deliverance through God's mercies. Um, to this word preserve here in this scripture, it says it means to keep or save from injury or destruction. It means to defend from evil. Um, you know, uh, Joseph was familiar with this and, and used this phrase. He, the scripture says in Genesis 45, uh, Joseph speaking here of what the Lord did as he's talking to his brothers. He said, God did send me before you to preserve life. And then um, David says later in Psalm 140, he says, O Lord, preserve me from the violent man. So God, uh, David here in Psalm 40, he appeals, he says, God, don't forget your tender mercies because by them I know that you deliver me. Uh, let's look in a, at an example of this in the Old Testament. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 21. 1 Samuel chapter 21. And, and through the Psalms, you see these, uh, we looked at it um, a couple Wednesday nights ago about this, these mischievous men that uh, are, are coming after David. And, you know, oftentimes we think of somebody being mischievous. We think of them, you know, spray painting a wall, uh, toilet papering a house, Josh Farrier. Um, we think of mischievous people doing, you know, pranks and things like that. I got to tell you, man, some of you would have a flamingoed yard if those dumb things weren't so expensive. How many of you have ever priced the flamingos? I'm like, $20 for a pink thing? Forget that, man. I'll go get some forks. Um, first Samuel, uh, but we think of, David said these, these mischievous men are coming after me. And we saw a couple Sunday nights ago, when you trace that word mischievous through the Bible, they're, they're men that are wicked, they're ungodly, they're violent. They, they don't sleep unless they, they kill somebody. I mean, it's, it's, these are bad guys. And when we read, oh, God, deliver me from the wicked, we're like, yeah, man, that guy next to me that, you know, he makes fun of me for going to church. Uh, let's look at one of the wicked people that David was being asked to be delivered from. Uh, look at 1 Samuel chapter 21 and look at verse 10. David, at this point in his life, he's running from Saul. Saul has made it clear three times that he intends to kill David. Jonathan gave David a heads up that Saul was coming for him. And so David, he, he got out of Dodge. So David leaves and Saul pursues him. And the scripture says in chapter 21, verse 1, Then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? And David said unto Ahimelech the priest, The king hath committed me a business and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee. And what have I, what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Now, therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or what there is present. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread under mine hand, but there is hallowed bread, if the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in a manner common. Yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel." So the priest gave him hallowed bread, but for there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken uh, from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, 
detained before the Lord. And his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. And David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So David had to get out of, of, away from Saul's presence so quickly. He didn't have time to pack food. He didn't have time to, to grab any kind of weapons. And so he, he resupplies here with Ahimelech. And this is really cool. He asks, is there a sword? And Ahimelech says, well, verse 9, And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And look at David's response. And David said, there is none like that. Give it me. I wonder if at that moment, David remembered the victory that God had given him. And he pulls out that sword of Goliath. And David, in an instant, is taken back to, to, to being a younger man when he believed God and took that giant down. And David says, that'll work. Give me that sword. Well, this guy Doeg, he is there and he's observing what's going on. And if you look over at chapter 22... We find out a little bit more about Doeg in verse 9 of chapter 22. The scripture says, Then answered Doeg the Edomite, which was set over the servants of Saul, and said, I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob, to Ahimelech the son of Ahitub. So Doeg, here he's about to rat out Ahimelech, having helped David. And the scripture says in verse 10, And he inquired of the Lord for him, and gave him victuals, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent to call Ahimelech the priest, the son of Ahitub, and all his father's house, the priests that were in Nob, and they came, all of them, to the king. And here we see Saul accuses Ahimelech of helping David. And look at the end result. The scripture says in verse number uh, 16, And the king said, Thou shalt surely die, Ahimelech, thou and all thy father's house. And the king said unto the footmen that stood about him, Turn and slay the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David. And because they knew when he fled and did not show it me, but the servants of the king would not put forth their hand to fall upon the priests of the Lord. And the king said to Doeg, Turn thou and fall upon the priests. And Doeg the Edomite turned and fell upon the priests and slew on that day four score and five persons that did wear a linen ephod. Doeg said, You guys won't kill him, I'll kill him. Takes out 85 priests of God. A wicked wicked man but it doesn't stop there verse 19 and nob the city of the priests smote he with the edge of the sword both men and women children and sucklings and oxen and asses and sheep and the edge of, with the edge of the sword and one of the sons of ahimelech the son of Ahitub, named abiathar escaped and fled after david and abiathar showed david that saul had slain the lord's priests and david said unto abiathar i knew it that day when doeg the edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. Think about that sitting on your conscience. He said, I knew, I knew that day I saw him. And, and now your, your, whole fa your father's house is gone. But look what he tells him. Verse 23, Abide thou with me, fear not, for he that seeketh my life seeketh thy life. But with me thou shalt be in safeguard. You see, David knew that God, through his mercy, would see fit to put David on the throne. God had made that promise to him, and God would be faithful to keep that. And he said, Abiathar, you stick with me. God will be our safeguard. Those are the kind of wicked men that David is fleeing from. Somebody that would, would have the, uh, the wherewithal to kill 85 priests of God. 
and then go wipe out whole entire families. Those are the men. The wick, those are the wicked people that David is running from. And in Psalm 40, David had said, Oh God, preserve me from the violent man. David knew what it meant to have God's protection. God knew what it meant to be preserved of the Lord. You know, the scripture says this in Psalm 79, 77, Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? You know, God could withhold his mercy. And David knew that. And he's saying, God, don't, for, don't forget me. Remember me. Don't withhold your mercy. And then Psalm 119, verse 77 says, Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live. For thy law is my delight. David knew physically without God's mercy, he was a dead man. You know, spiritually, you and I, without the mercy of God, we would be spiritually dead. There would be no hope for us. But we'll see here later the hope that we do have because of the, the mercy of God. Not only do we find uh, this connected, this God's mercy connected with loving kindness, we find it connected with deliverance, but then we find it connected with the forgiveness of God. Look with me, if you would, at Psalm 51. Psalm 51. And we know that Psalm 51 is occasioned by David's own sin, his sin with Bathsheba. And we know the scripture uh, says that Nathan went before David and, and David was convicted about his sin. And, and we find that God gives us the prayer that David prayed, asking and, and begging God for forgiveness. And that's here in Psalm 51. The scripture says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. He says, God, according to your mercy, blot out my sin. God, I have nothing. It's not because I'm a cool guy. It's not because I can fight really well. It's not because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a real man. It's God, I acknowledge my sin. And God, if you don't wash away my sin, there's no washing it away. And so he saw because of God's tender mercies, he found forgiveness. Uh, look, uh, Psalm 79 says this, Oh, remember not against us our former iniquities. Let thy tender mercies speedily prevent us, for we are brought very low. You know, sin, we should be humbled by our sin. And there he says, we're brought very low, but God, your, your tender mercies, let it speedily prevent us. And, uh, you know, from the scriptural use of the word prevent, it means to go before he says, let your mercies go before us. So we find the forgiveness of God. But then we also find the presence of God. Look at Psalm 69. Look at Psalm 69 with me here. We see another reference to God's tender mercies. And I hope that uh, you're seeing these reasons that they're so great. We find forgiveness. We find uh, God's deliverance. And here we find the presence of God because of his kindness, his, his, his tender mercies. Psalm 69, verse 16 says this, Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. And hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Are you in trouble this morning? You can ask God 
to help you know how real his presence is. He says, God, in, in your mercy, don't turn your face away from me. Let, let me know your presence. Let me, let me see your face. He, he finds the presence of God. He finds the goodness of God. Look at Psalm 145. Psalm 145. We find for the, the forgiveness of God, we find the presence of the Lord because of His mercy. Here we find the goodness of God. In Psalm 145 and verse 8, the Scripture says this, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all his works. There's not a person alive that does not have God's mercy available to them. Now, there's coming a day in which the Lord will return with vengeance and execute judgment. But right now, it's a day of mercy. It's a day of God's grace. And he says, God's mercy is over all. Let's look at this. Look at Matthew chapter 5. This is a, a, a really cool reference that the Lord uh he identifies for us and, and teaches us as well in Matthew chapter 5. The scripture says that, and we just read it, that God's tender mercies are over all his works. He, he's a God that's good to all. And there are people that because of different things that happen in their lives, they feel like God is not a good God. But the Lord Jesus Christ, he teaches us this. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. The Lord says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. The very fact that the sun rose this morning on wicked people is a testament. It's a sign of God's mercy on them. He says, the fact that I make it to rain on the just and the unjust. And some of us, we could, how many of you could use some rain on your lawn right now, right? Mine's totally burned up. Um, he says, I make it to rain on the just and on the unjust. And sometimes there are wicked things that happen to uh, good Christian people. And, and sometimes there are, are good things that happen to wicked drug dealers, you know. It's, it's just, it's, this world is so messed up. But Jesus says, you know what? I make, it to, I make the sun to shine on the just and the unjust because I'm a good God, and that's a sign of His mercy. Well, many think that because God is so good and that He would never let anyone go to hell. But the Scriptures show us that this isn't true. Look, uh, if you would with me, with me uh, back at our text this morning, it's Psalm 119. In verse 156, get, let's do this. Get Psalm 119, verse 156, and get Luke chapter 1. And we'll look at these passages back to back. In Psalm 119, he says, Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. This word quicken, to make alive. And we're going to look at that more tonight. But the, the Scripture declares that for someone who does not know Christ as their Savior, that they are dead spiritually, that they are dead in trespasses and sins. But when we place our faith and trust in Christ, we are quickened, we are made alive with Him. The Bible calls uh, Jesus Christ uh, a quickening spirit. He's able to make alive. 
Well, it's by God's tender mercies. He, he says, greater thy tender mercies, quicken me according to thy judgments. So one of God's mercies is to quicken us. Well, we see here that the greatest mercy that we find in the scriptures is that of salvation. Look with me, if you would, at Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, we see the greatest display of God's mercy to us. Luke chapter 1 and verse 67, the Bible says, And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, in verse 68, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, and he, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all them that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, being called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So here it is by the tender mercy of God that this day spring, we know him as the Lord Jesus Christ has visited us from on high. And the Bible declares and shows to us that God's salvation is made available to us through His mercy. And that this day spring on high has visited us and given us the opportunity to have God's forgiveness. So you think now about all of the things that we saw that were true that they have been of old. And Micah 5.2 says that we know that Jesus Christ is from everlasting to everlasting, that He has been of old. And we see that uh, we find forgiveness because of God's tender mercies and we find forgiveness in Jesus Christ. We find uh, the presence of God in Jesus Christ. He told his, his disciple, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We have the presence of Christ, or the presence of God through Christ. And we find the goodness of God in Christ. So all of these things, these tender mercies, it all points us back to the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. What mercy in your life do you need this morning? Do you need to, to be more aware of God's presence? Do you need God's forgiveness? Do you need God's salvation today? Well, you can find that because great are His tender mercies. Great are His tender mercies. Let's pray together. Lord, thank You for Your love. And thank You for the opportunity, God, to see...